0: There was a note in the basket this morning and I'm not sure that it came before or after the talk last night but it's kind of related maybe to this whole question of um, how much importance to give to words and thoughts and language and remembering them. So I sometimes get urges to write down some of the lessons I've learned here. However, I'm sceptical of this. It seems that some things are worth um, keeping around like that and others are better entrusted to the subconscious mind to serve up as needed. How to tell the difference? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a question that arises for me too on, on retreat and uh, I've experimented with different things and as I was saying last night you know sometimes I do jot down the odd uh, line or phrase or maybe even something that a phrase that I've heard in the talk that really resonated or a, an idea that I have but I've got to the point of doing that less and less because I've found in the past when I've written down a Longer reflection that when I come back to it, often it doesn't seem quite as meaningful as it did at the time. But I think this is something that we just have to uh, experiment with and see what does the what's the with all these things, these questions. You know that none of them are so momentous that you're going to do yourself great harm if you make the wrong choice. And so it's just an opportunity to see, well, what's the effect on the mind of doing that? And later on, how valuable does that um, seem to be? And I certainly don't want to imply from, you know, maybe putting not writing as a higher practice that if you're, you're and because we are all different, that if you're somebody who finds writing Uh, from time to time helps you to stay in balance helps you to stay connected with yourself with the practice then uh, that's it's a really okay thing to do one thing I have noticed so one of the maybe one of the aspects of this question is well these these precious insights are arising and I I want to remember them and I feel if I don't write them down I might forget now, one of the things i've noticed with the mind getting quieter and after the the mind has had a period of extended quiet on retreat and i'm also not talking about necessarily you know uh deep deep states of concentration but just the uh ordinary quiet of being on retreat is that the mind gets much more efficient and it starts to remember things with greater ease and greater clarity you might notice memories you know arising or uh, that surprise you now and after the retreat you might notice for a while that the mind has this kind of um, clarity and efficiency that feels maybe uh, greater than normal and if you remember the teaching on the the hindrances and the simile of the bowl of water in which you can see your your face or your reflection. Um, that teaching was actually a response to a question from somebody to the Buddha about why is it that sometimes we find it really easy to remember things that were said and done a long time ago, and sometimes we really struggle to remember. And the Buddha said that actually the, the when the mind is free from hindrances, it easily... Uh, remembers and recalls things even that were said and done a long time ago and you might see if that's true in your experience and start to trust that I also think that there's a a huge value to um, giving ourselves this break which we have a rare opportunity to do here from not feeding the mind with reading and writing, with literacy. We sometimes forget that the Buddha was illiterate. He lived in a pre-literate culture. And that all this um, beautiful, uh, profound, and well-reasoned and and, uh, expounded teaching came out of a mind that was not using reading and writing and was actually passed on and transmitted like that for two or three hundred years before any of it got written down and there's an immense uh, I think our minds have a capacity that we maybe uh, are unaware of or lose sight of if we swim constantly in a literate culture And it's only, I think, in in the last uh, few decades that a lot more research and uh, reflection has gone into actually how is it that literacy, widespread literacy, has changed and shaped the human mind. And it's given us a lot of power, but it's also dulled some of our other sensibilities And so we have this chance here, which is a sort of chance that you might only find if you, say, went into the wilderness for an extended period, which we don't all have the opportunity to do, to really unplug from that um, sea that we swim in of reading and writing and just see how the other senses and our other uh, sensibilities come more online or become strengthened When I think, you know, I spent most of the first 30 years of my life with my nose in a book, and even now, when I, you may or may not have a mind that works like this, but when I uh, think words or talk words, I I see them written down at the same time. It's kind of a little oppressive. (laughs) And what that's done is it, it's fed our tendency to become very introspective. It's actually changed the way we experience ourselves. It's also changed the way we, we think of ourselves as a species. And it's partly what's responsible for some of the, um, the crazy effects of our you know, human-centered view or our anthropocentric view and the dulling of our sensibility towards other creatures and the natural world so we we have this chance to step out of that I was um, actually had a moment or a few moments of remorse last night as I was going to bed and uh, reflecting on using you as guinea pigs last night and that (laughs) I suddenly found myself thinking of the guinea pigs, and you know, how is it to be one of a species that has become synonymous with something that people perform experiments on? Uh, We're waking up to that sensibility in terms of how we dehumanize or reduce groups of people to. Um, a particular characteristic, and so on. But we we do this in relation to the whole world in many ways, and some of this is because of this um, lostness in our mind-made human mind-made world. You know, we assume that we have this superior intelligence vis-à-vis other creatures, but we don't. We understand nothing about how other beings communicate and their sensibilities and their capacity for suffering so I don't want to make you too sad about the guinea pigs and so forth but uh, uh, but I think there's a lot to be gained from just um, suspending this uh, over-reliance on the uh, verbal mind and really letting the other senses also shine through. I think it's very skillful the way the Buddha um, made the conceptual mind or recognized the conceptual mind as one, just one of our senses, whereas we tend to give it priority. So if any of that inspires you to maybe try new um, boundaries in terms of having a, a diet or a fast from reading or writing and by all means do that but it's also that reading and writing and, and words are useful we need words and concepts to point to things and we wouldn't have these teachings if they hadn't been you know verbally recited and recorded in memory and then on whatever they were leaves having a mental blank <laughs> So so the answer to that question is, I don't know, but it's a good question, and uh, keep experimenting. Okay, I think that's all I have to say this morning, so have a wonderful day of practice.